Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Stacking the Box. I am at Vernon. I'm alongside Josh Hill. Hopefully, your Monday is going all right for you. Appreciate you coming in to visit with us for a little bit. And there's actually a lot to talk about, despite it being the end of February. Usually, this couple of weeks between the end of the season and the start of the combine is quiet. Mm -hmm. Not the case. Last couple of days, we've had quite a bit of news. And so, look, we had the Mark Speeders trade. Mm -hmm. We had the Blake Bortles extension. And we'll get to all that and plenty more. Uh, you know, we have the combine coming up on Saturday, and so with the combine coming up, it almost feels like the start of the new season in some ways. Mm-hmm. I always kind of—I know the league year doesn't start till March 14th, yeah. but what are you looking at as we head into well, a few days from now, March? Well, you know, the free agency obviously starting is going to be fun, but the combine, like you said, it's kind of like the official start of the off season. Like everybody's into draft talk. Everybody's into all this kind of stuff. So to me, like we call it the underwear Olympics, kind of make fun of it a little bit, but to be honest, this is when players are either going to really help their draft stock or they're going to hurt it. Whether it be, you know, at the combine with, you know, the 40 time or something like that, or maybe they, you know, say something stupid about flat earth truthers or something like that, you know? So this is, this, it's an interesting time. It's amazing that we've had a whole entire year of college football, all of this scouting, all of this stock, and it can all come down to, you think the earth is flat? <laughs> like that, That's the combine in a nutshell. Yeah. But. It, it's interesting too, because, you know, the combine, we only see the on-field stuff. We mm-hmm. only see the 40 times and the three cone drill, the 10 yard yeah. drill, all that stuff. What we don't see are the interviews. Yeah. And a lot of times, that's what GMs say, that is the make it or break yep. it for a lot of these guys. Well, how much can they diagram on a whiteboard? Or, mm-hmm. or do they seem like they're off their rocker a little bit? You know, that kind of thing. Because I always, like you just mentioned, it's fascinating to me. These guys, you know, we only start looking at them for draft this year. Mm-hmm. But personnel guys have been looking at them for three years. Should you know, be. Two years, three yeah. Right, yeah. In Cleveland, maybe for a month. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, but you know, for most teams, they, these guys have been on boards for years. Yep. And so all that tape study, all that time going to the games, area scouts, all the rest of mm-hmm. it. And then, hey, if you don't run a good 40, you know, you drop <laughs> 30 over. spots. And oh, man. I find it to be crazy, but it the combine – it matters. For better or worse, it absolutely matters. It does. And, I mean, a couple of guys that people are really going to be looking at when the combine starts are the quarterbacks. No that's You know, it's the draft. Everybody gets hyped up about quarterbacks. You've got Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. They're all going to be throwing. Baker Mayfield's going to be throwing. Yep. Which one of those guys are you looking forward to the most as far as whether they're going to hurt their draft stock, help their draft stock, from the skills position only? Because we're not going to hear the interviews, even though I'd pay to hear what Baker Mayfield's interviews are going to be like. I think, like you said, Mayfield, Mm interview-wise, is the most interesting. Because I think some people, he's either going to reaffirm some some suspicions and fears, or he's going to alleviate them. But on the field, Josh Allen, to me, is the most interesting. I wrote a piece here on Fanside.com that said, I think he's going to be an inaccurate bust, because Mm -hmm. if you look at the history of first-round quarterbacks, since 2000, very, very few mm-hmm. have completed 56% of their passes yeah. as he did in college and then went on to be successful NFL quarterbacks. It doesn't happen. So I'm curious to see. We know he's been working with Jordan Palmer to try yeah. to become more accurate, to refine some of his mechanics. Can he show that off in the combine? You know, we have that one drill where the receiver you know, goes down the sideline. Mm-hmm. they got to try to stick it on him. These are with guys he's never thrown the ball with before. So – 
if he can show some accuracy, some touch, I think that'll help go a long way toward making the NFL teams feel better about him. If he's really inaccurate, that furthers that notion that, hey, this is a gigantic red flag. Yeah, and with Baker Mayfield, too, it kind of felt like Oklahoma was a trick play offense. So it's not, you, you, you always hear these buzzwords like pro style offense, this kind of stuff. You know, there's always this controversy about the spread in college transferring to the NFL. I feel like Baker Mayfield has a lot to prove with the skills, and he can help his stock more so than I think the other quarterbacks can, just because he can say, hey, look, I have the tools and the skill set to be the quarterback that you need me to be because you don't really have that tape in college. You have like the Heisman highlight reel and everything like that, which speaks for itself. But of course, we've seen players, you know, Robert Griffin III won the Heisman. Look how that turned out. I mean, injuries played a factor in that too, but it's, it, it comes down to being able to read an offense, run an offense, and really, you know, dissect all the things that you need to dissect. So I think Mayfield's somebody that I'm really looking forward to. And I know that you're, you're personally invested in Josh Allen's success. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. And, you know, and then there's Josh Rosen, who it seems is kind of an afterthought yeah. here. And, you know, look, I, you, know, and you mentioned Alan quickly. I think Allen is somebody, though, that if he can improve his accuracy, the skills are there. He's a big guy, yep. strong arm, no question, right? Rosen, to me, is going to shine at this combine mm-hmm. because in terms of just purely a passer, he has everything you want. He's got a good arm. He's fairly accurate, 60.7% completion rate, mm-hmm. I believe, senior year. Uh, he's somebody who I think scouts love what they see, except – there are times when he'll throw a ball in a place he shouldn't. Yep. But that doesn't show up at the combine. No. Everything else does. So I think he'll look great in the combine. I think Sam Darnold will look good. And the other guy we haven't talked about at all, Lamar Jackson, yep. kind of the wild card here. I find Jackson to be fascinating. Yep. He's a very athletic kid. He's got you know he, he's not oversized by any stretch. He's a little on the small side, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I am fascinated to see him because he could wow at the combine. He yep. has all the athletic skills the teams love to see out of that dual threat type of quarterback. Yeah, Jackson's somebody that I'm really looking forward to seeing at the Combine, too. Uh, and Saquon Barkley is another one, another name that I think kind of fell off a little bit. He was coming on really strong there in the middle of the college football season with all of the Heisman buzz. Then Penn State kind of fell off. He fell off. That's a name. You know, you talk about guys like the John Rosses of the world who come up out of nowhere and help their draft stock, and they end up being busts in the first round. I think Barkley's a guy who can use the draft Combine to kind of put his name back on the map a little bit and be like, hey, remember me? Not that we're struggling to remember him. Right. He's getting mocked in the top ten all over the place. But I think for a guy like Barkley, who is a skill position player, the running back, and I think running backs are making a comeback, we kind of saw the pendulum swing from it's a wide receiver league, now it's back to a running back league. Barkley's a guy who I think he can really help his stock if he has a good combine. Yeah, he could. And, you know, Saquon Barkley, one thing, and you mentioned it, like, Running backs now, it's evolving from, mm-hmm. hey, we want to see you be able to catch the ball, too. You, know, yeah. you see Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, mm-hmm. guys like that. Kareem Hunt was good. Alvin Kamara, a lot of receptions. So those guys add a whole other dimension to the offense, especially the way teams like to play now, which is get the ball out quick and run after catch. Mm-hmm. 
So I think you're right. Barkley's interesting. And look, Penn State has had a pretty good history over the years of oh, running yeah. backs. Larry Johnson being one. Mm-hmm. You want to go way back. Franco Harris, Lydell Mitchell. So I think there's some there's some pedigree there. The mm-hmm. Penn State has always turned out good pros. Yeah. And so I think that helps. And then Darius Geis uh, over at LSU, he's an underrated guy. But I, oh, yeah. if he tests well, I could see him getting into the first round. He's somebody who we're not talking about that much because of Barkley and mm-hmm. because running backs, it's just starting to be more in vogue now to, to pick him a little higher. Mm-hmm. But he is a very talented back. And another school, of course, LSU, known to, to pump out a lot of pros. Oh, yeah. So uh, outside of quarterback, and I guess we kind of touch on running back, is there another position at the combine that you're really looking for? Maybe a wide receiver, defense. You know, never, nobody ever really talks about defense at yeah. the combine. Uh, you know, I'm, I always like watching the corners. Mm. I'm always interested in the corners. And so one guy I want to watch, and I, I actually wrote another piece about him recently, is Denzel Ward, uh, mm. corner of Ohio State. He's on the fringe of that top ten. Some yep. people think maybe the 49ers would be a good fit. I think Ward would be a really interesting pick mm-hmm. because he's, he's not the biggest guy, but if you watch his tape, he's just he's silky smooth. Oh, yeah. He's an aggressive tackler. I think Ward could really fit into the top ten nicely. And then you get Jackson coming out of uh, Iowa, I believe. Yep, Josh another, Jackson. Another, yep. name, another name to watch. And then you get the safeties. The safeties are kind of interesting to me, too, because that's always a position that it seems every team needs a good safety, and they only come like once every so often. I think the yep. last really good safety that was – I mean, Jamal Adams has the chance to be a really good safety. For, yep. But then it's like Harrison Smith. Is he the last yeah, good safety yep. to come out of the draft? Yep. And it's like years between those two guys. Yep. And we have, you know, there's a couple of safeties that could be going in the first round here. Are you watching any of them? You know, I'm, I think the last first rounder uh, top five pick for safety, I think it was Eric Berry back in 2010 because mm-hmm. Adams was six. But, uh, and, and by the way, I should mention, I'd be remiss if I didn't make it Fitzpatrick, of course, yep. uh, Alabama. So, look, there's a lot of guys I'm watching. Uh, I, you know, it's always interesting to see who's the guy who jumps the highest, mm-hmm. who's the guy who runs the fastest in the 40s in some of these premier positions. Bradley Chubb out of NC State, yep. he could be interesting. So I think there's a lot of options. Yeah, I think the last safety drafted in the first round is actually Mark Barron because I know the Buccaneers took him, then traded. Oh. I think they took him like seventh overall in 2012 or something like that. Then they trade. Now he's a linebacker. So right. you, you want to talk about scouts not being able to watch tape. You draft him as a safety, and now all of a sudden he's a linebacker. Well, John Ross is about to be a corner. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, on. these things happen. Oh, man. Um, look, but you know what? There's been so much going on in the NFL, and mm-hmm. one thing we have to touch on, we've talked so much about it throughout mm-hmm. the whole season – is, is Blake Bortles. And, yep. and so he goes and gets an extension from Jacksonville, mm-hmm. okay? And Jacksonville signs him basically for they lowered his cap hit from 19 million to 10 million this year, mm-hmm. and the next year is 21 million. And then it's almost like a $23 million team option in yeah. the third year. So they sign him in essence for this year and next, uh, 31 million total. I know you've talked a lot about your feelings toward Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah. But then, but, but then after the AFC <laughs> Championship game, wrote an apology to him. So, you know, look, I'll, I'll let you kind of take the floor on this one first. Where do you stand on Jacksonville tying their next two years to Blake Bortles? I don't hate it. And I kind of mentioned this when I apologized to Blake Bortles' apologists after the AFC Championship game because it's like, look, he, was, he earned another year, at least another year to try and see. And essentially what they did is they spread out. Like, they do this a lot in basketball. They kind of stretch those contracts. They essentially stretch stretch that $19 million contract. They stretch it into 26, but they have it over the next three years. And I think in 2020, they only have $5 million in dead cap Correct. space. And that's two years with Bortles. And I think that's a pretty good window to have with him. This defense is, that's kind of the window for the defense. You can still sit in the back of that first round, draft Lamar Jackson, 
Now you have the fifth-year rookie option with him. It's overlapping with Blake Bortles. You kind of use them both a little bit. You're not relying solely on Lamar Jackson to come in and be the guy. You have Blake Bortles show him both what to do right and do wrong. And, you know, truthfully, Bortles, he hasn't been the sexiest quarterback pick in the NFL, but he got his team to the AFC Championship game. He stayed out of his own way long enough to get them to the AFC Championship game, which I think is important. As much as we want to hate Bortles for being, you know, just kind of blasé and boring, uh, he... The AFC Championship game, and you know, Miles Jack, something bounces a different way. A ref doesn't blow a whistle. Maybe he's in the Super Bowl playing against Nick. Foles. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Maybe Blake Bortles wins the Super Bowl. I don't know. So it's, it's not it's not impossible. Give Bortles credit for this. He had a great three game stretch yep. in December, and then in the playoffs, he wasn't great. But he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, and that was the big key, right? So mm-hmm. give him credit there. Now, I, I that was the lead in the stacking the box column, yes. and so I talked about. I think for, for Bortles and Jacksonville, I understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. They, they have the continuity, yep. and, and so they're hoping that Bortles can take one more step and just get to being a, a pretty good quarterback, mm-hmm. and then you go forward. This year, a lot of his stats were average. He, he, his interceptions were still seventh most in the league, but better. Mm-hmm. So, look, I get it. I understand why they did it. Yeah. The only concern I have is he's very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Right, there have been you know he'll go through stretches where he plays pretty well, and then he'll have a month where he's just he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last two games of the regular season, he has five picks. So, you know, you worry about that. And if he regresses or doesn't take that next step, mm-hmm. Jacksonville wastes two years of what is a great defense. Yeah. Okay, and Clayus Campbell's not getting any younger. You know, Deshaun Gibson's in his prime right now. Barry Church in his prime. Like, so that that's my worry. That being said, I understand why they did it. I think it's structured wisely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for Jacksonville though. Are they now? Are they a contender alongside New England, Pittsburgh, in the AFC? If Bortles is exactly who he is right now, mm-hmm. that's the question. But I understand why they did it, and I think the NFL is getting smarter. Like the right teams are getting. So you take a look at what Philadelphia did this off season. They grabbed players in free agency that other teams didn't want for cap reasons. And I think that's important. I think this has been pointed out a couple of different places. When a guy who's a veteran becomes available, like if Clay Matthews was to be cut right now, I don't know if I would sign him because he's not getting cut for, quote, unquote, the right reasons. And the right reasons being you're in a salary cap pinch, you can't really pay him. And I think that Jacksonville, they're in a position where they kind of built their defense a little bit that way. And we saw Philadelphia build their team that way, and they were able to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Say what you will about Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP. I don't want to take anything away from him, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. No. But we, we just watched a team with Doug Peterson as the head coach and Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, win a Super Bowl. And I think that that should be inspiring for the Jaguars, who, you know, everybody wants to kill him for giving Blake Bortles this money. But we almost saw that happen. We almost saw them get to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. Oh. So, and then the other thing is... What were the other options? Yeah. What what else was out there? Kirk Cousins doesn't really seem like he was going to come to Jacksonville. We've discussed this before. They might not have had enough money. They would have needed to move Bortles around, all that kind of stuff. And then beyond him, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, like, yeah. was there any other option out there besides Bortles that you were like, yeah, they can win a Super Bowl yeah. with him instead of Bortles? I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, Cousins obviously would be an upgrade. I don't think yeah. anyone would argue that. But as you mentioned, like, Cousins is going to cost oh, yeah. everything. In its, I mean, it, he's going to cost $30 million a year, Easy. maybe $100 million guaranteed. So I understand mm-hmm. why Jacksonville said, look, for the amount of upgrade that he is, it's mm-hmm. not worth that amount of money. We can, we can upgrade our team elsewhere. Sam Bradford, when he's healthy, but that's the whole thing with him. He's never healthy. Never. So I, I understand why, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, that if, if he leaves, that's a mm-hmm. big question. Is he healthy? What is he? Case Keenum, is he an upgrade? I don't know. I don't I don't, so. I, maybe he's not. The, the one guy who would be interesting, although the Bills seem committed to him, is Tyrod Taylor. 
Like yeah. If he became a free agent, oh, yeah. hey, he would be very interesting. But you don't know if he's going to be a free agent, so you can't mm-hmm. you can't run that risk. I get it. Maybe Andy Dalton. Some people think he might get cut, but again, it's going to cost a lot more than Bortles is going to cost. And is he yeah. is he a Super Bowl quarterback? He can't win a playoff game. So, you know, look, I, again, I get why they did it. I would I would hope though that Jacksonville still open to drafting a quarterback early. I hope so b- because. I don't know that anybody can look at Bortles right now and say, well, that's the future. They can't even say that mm-hmm. because they only signed them to what is, in essence, a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. So, look, I get it. I understand it. But now the question becomes, with Bortles, can that team win a Super Bowl? Uh, I, I'm hard-pressed to say no just because of what we saw this year with Case Keenum doing what he did with Minnesota. Like this is, I think the era of the superstar franchise quarterback isn't dead yet. But I think it took a, it took a couple steps back where, you know, when was the last Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers was? And everybody wants to wax poetic about Tom Brady, but I think that that's a very special circumstance with him and Bill Belichick. But this, this notion, this trope is you need a franchise quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has been in one Super Bowl, okay? Ben Roethlisberger has been in a couple of Super Bowls, but it's been a while. So this idea that you need a franchise quarterback to win, I get it, and I think that you need one to be competitive, but if you're smart in the way you build your team around the quarterback that you have, I think that you're going to be good. Like, I don't think anybody's winning a Super Bowl with Matt Barkley as quarterback. But they're not. The, there, there's a line of separation between the two. And I think Bortles, as much as I want to hate on him and as much as I dislike him as, as, a, as a quarterback, I'm sure he's fine as a person, he's above that threshold of you can't win with him. I still think he can. he's an anchor and he can hurt you. I just don't think that we live in an era in the NFL now where he is as detrimental to the success of the Jaguars as he maybe would have been five, ten years ago. Well, it's got to be said, right? You mentioned Roethlisberger. He went to three Super Bowls, but mm-hmm. all three times he went, they had a great defense. Defense. Right. Since they've not had a good defense, they have not gone to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. once. Uh, you're right about Aaron Rodgers. Look, I still think it's, it's a big beneficial thing to have a top-flight oh, yeah. quarterback. It makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. And so do I think they can win a Super Bowl with him? Yeah, because they have great defense. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're going to have to play perfect around him to win oh, one. Yeah. And I think that's kind of unless, – unless he really matures. Now, he's only 25 years old, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. But he's got to take those steps. But for Jacksonville, the best thing going for them is the AFC is absolutely terrible. Oh, yeah. New England's really oh, good. Yeah. Pittsburgh, we have no idea what's going on mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. She's here, unfortunately, may never play again. And no. Bell, we don't know if he's even coming back. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs just trade off half the team. And, and they're two-time defending Western champs. And the South is getting better, but there's still a lot of questions. Titans have a new coach. Mm-hmm. The, the Texans have got to fill in around Watson. So, look, if you're Jacksonville, the hope is – we're going to catch that sweet spot where Brady's getting mm-hmm. old, Roethlisberger's old, and the guys like a Watson, Mahomes, mm-hmm. maybe Mariota, if you, all those guys are too young yet. And that's, that's your hope. You want to be like that 90s Pistons mm-hmm. team that got in right after Bird and Magic, but then right before Jordan won and won six in a row. So I, I think that's what you're looking at. But, hey, I understand why Jacksonville did it, and now we'll see if they're correct. Yeah, Blake Bortles, the AFC slayer, the Tom Brady <laughs> Patriots slayer, Blake Bortles. What a twist ending. All right, Verderam, this next topic is very close, near and dear to your heart. Yeah, always. What's the story with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yep. trading Marcus Peters for a bag of balls to the Los Angeles Rams and basically doing, I don't know what, I can't describe what they're doing. You're the resident Chiefs expert slash crazy person. So yeah. what, what do you have to say about I, this? I mean, look, I, I've, I feel like I've been talking about this all weekend long. Okay, <laughs> I went to, uh, well, I went to, I've, I've been doing an interview one after the next over this. Look, my feeling the on apology it, tour. Well, <laughs> I, it's a long story. I got cornered by like by somebody the other day about it at my, at my wife's parents' mm-hmm. house. Anyway, look, the, the point being, um, I think that the Chiefs had to have felt 
mm. as though it was untenable to keep him. Because yeah. he's a two-time All-Pro, he's a two-time Pro Bowl, 25-year-old corner, okay? Yep. And he's arguably, along with Ramsey, the best corner in football. Oh, yeah. For them to get rid of him with two years left to control, three if you count a tag, it had to be such a dysfunctional situation behind the scenes that they just simply said, we have to move on, we have to move on now. Now, there was a report from Therese Paler and the Kansas City Star and then multiple people following afterwards who said that only the Rams and Niners were interested in even trading for him in any capacity. If that's the case... That tells you what That's the insane. league thinks of Marcus Peters. Yeah. Now, I'm not justifying what the Chiefs did. I think the Chiefs, like, you spent a first-round pick on that guy, you better make it work. Mm-hmm. You better figure it out. And that's, that's a failure on the Chiefs' part. But if, if for someone that talented, to, you know, we don't even know the compensation, but reportedly not to get a first-round pick, only two teams are interested, that tells you that in NFL circles, mm-hmm. teams are terrified of him. Yeah. But, look, at the end of the day, the Chiefs are completely rebuilding that defense, all while offensively having a pretty good group. So, yeah. We're looking at a lot of 35-34 games in Kansas City <laughs> next year because you would imagine without him, they're going to get up some points unless they surprise everybody and go crazy in free agency. Yeah. So it's, it's a wild situation in Kansas City. Yeah, and the idea that there's only two teams out there that wanted to trade for him, again, like you said, that speaks to maybe what the problem was with Marcus Peters. Yep. And, you know, we live in a league where – Talent only takes you so far. Like, you, if you're messing around behind the scenes and you, you have a reputation not being good to work with, I mean, that, that's going to hurt you. But so the Rams, they have Marcus Peters now. Yeah. It's done, it's happening. The bandit has been ripped off. We know how you feel about the Chiefs. Now, what about the Rams, who are the beneficiary of this? Does this make them even more of a Super Bowl contender? And, you know, McVay, Jared Goff, that offense was bumping last year. Todd Gurley looks like he's only going to get better. And now the defense just got, as you said, probably the best young cornerback in the game. Are they Super Bowl contenders now? Oh, I think, look, it helps them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question with the Rams is they have a lot of moving parts right now. Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins is a free agent. We know, we know now Tremaine Johnson's leaving. Oh, yeah. And all Marcus Joyner's a free agent. So, which of those guys can the Rams retain? That mm-hmm. said, your defense starts with Aaron Donald and Marcus Peters. Like you're not you're not in bad shape, mm-hmm. okay? And you know what McVay can do with the offense. Goff took huge leaps forward last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think the Rams are absolutely a contender, especially if Seattle kind of blows it up a little bit. Um, you know, the, the question I have with the Rams is, okay, you get Peters to replace Tremaine Johnson, mm-hmm. so it's it's an upgrade. Don't get me wrong, but it's you're not adding him to Tremaine Johnson. So, what is the other side going to look like? Mm-hmm. You got you got to shore that up, and do you keep Lamarcus Joyner? Because if you don't keep him and you don't swap the air side, then teams are just going to throw away from Peters the entire game. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that matters, go watch a Chiefs game last year. <laughs> Believe me, Marcus Peters was a rumor. Okay, so uh, but that being said, yeah, the Rams unquestionably are better. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. You, you had the one of the two or three best corners in football. You have Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. Alec Ogletree, Robert Quick. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a damn good football team. And I think the Rams again. You know, saw the NFC last year. Look how crazy it was. I think the mm-hmm. Rams said, "Hey, look, if we're a little bit better." You know, maybe instead of losing in the wild card round, maybe we could advance. So I like what they did. I, I think it's a, it's a great move, provided they can keep Peters on the straight and narrow. And you kind of touched on the Chiefs at, at the top here, but are they rebuilt? Are they really rebuilding? Because I hear the term rebuilding a lot around this trade. And when I think that term, I think of somebody who's tearing it down and just starting over. And like you said, they have an offense which can be a top offense in the league. Defensively, they were an issue last year. Is this a quote-unquote rebuild, or is this something else? I think it's a reshuffling. A reshuffling. Uh, I, I, because, look, I hate the term reload. Yeah. You know, like I've heard John Elway say it eight times about Denver. Like, look, you're not reloading anything. You won five games. <laughs> we call all that okay. work. <laughs> yeah, like Kansas City lost six of seven at one point last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think defensively, look, Tom Bali is going to go. Derek Johnson's already gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, they brought in Kendall Fuller. Uh, you know, Eric Berry's coming back healthy. 
I think the Chiefs are trying to reshape that defense. And I think maybe Peters, I, I think it would have fit in, except for the fact apparently it just wasn't going to be a good fit, yeah. you know, personality-wise. Um, but I think I think Kansas City is still going to be in, in the mix of that division because the division's not good mm-hmm. and the Chiefs can score points. So yeah. I think, I mean, the defense was 28th last year with Marcus Peters. Yeah. So I, I still think the Chiefs and the Chargers are going to battle it out in that division. Maybe the Raiders challenge a little mm-hmm. bit. Um but I think they're reshuffling the defense. I don't think they're going to touch the offense. The offense is pretty much good to go. No. Do you think that the addition of Fuller kind of softens the blow a little bit here of Peters? Yeah, because he's a star corner. He's you know maybe eighty percent of Peters, mm-hmm. but eighty percent of Peters is pretty good. So yeah. I think you know with him and Nelson, they brought in David Amerson. I'm not over the moon about David Amerson, but yeah, I think I think the Chiefs will compete. Um, but losing Peters, I am fascinated now to see what they do the rest of the offseason because mm-hmm. Brett Veach. Apparently just guns blazing this offseason, so we'll see. At this point, don't rule out anything. Could they cut Justin Houston? Save seven million bucks. I don't. I, I mean, anything out at this at point. this point, I don't think it'll happen, but it's on the table. No, just killing it all with fire. Yeah. <laughs> the blowtorch to everything. That's what happens when you blow an eighteen point lead to Tennessee. That's what happens when you lose to the Giants. Yeah, in that's, the regular that's season. That's what happens. <laughs> okay, like I feel like you know Stewie and family. That's what happens, man. Like, <laughs> that's what happens. Oh. You, you, know, you lose games like that. Things change, and especially when you get a new GM in there who has no ties to any of these guys. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, let's finish this up here with another AFC team that may or may not know what they're doing. The Miami Dolphins, they slapped the franchise tag on Jarvis Landry. It's a pricey, pricey uh, franchise tag. They don't have a whole lot of cap space to be working with. They do have holes that they need to fill. And then they, they put it out that they're still trying to trade them. So what's, what's the story with the franchise tag? Like, what are the Dolphins doing by franchising Landry Keeping him, probably gonna have to pay him sixteen million dollars, and then they're like, actually, we're still gonna try to trade him. Like that's dysfunction if I've ever seen it. What? Like to me, like if you're a team that wants Jarvis Landry, why would you trade for no? Him? Not a chance. They have like negative eight million in cash space. Not right a now. chance. They're gonna have to restructure Sue, or they're gonna have to cut him outright. They gotta, mm-hmm. they, now they can move on from Julius Thompson, Juwan James, a few other guys, but that fran- that feels like a franchise that is perpetually. <laughs> In, in yeah. purgatory. Like, yeah. they're never any good, but they're not terrible. Ryan Tannehill's coming back from a torn ACL. We'll see what he can do. Look, I think for them, the, the move was just to let Landry walk, mm-hmm. okay? Because then you don't have to pay $16.2 million against it. Because, by the way, they've got to be under the cap by the league here. Yeah. So, they're going to have to – and they can do that, but then they're going to have no space to sign anybody. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think – if, they, if they're going to plan on signing Landry, then why'd you get Kenny Stills? Why'd you draft Devontae Parker? Okay, I like Jarvis Landry as a player. He's mm-hmm. a good player. But he led the league in receptions and didn't have 1,000 yards. No. I mean, at some point, like, how valuable is it? 16 million? There's no way he's that valuable. So Mm-mm. I don't like that they tagged him. I think they should have just let him walk at the third round comp pick and move on. Yeah. But. It's not the way they're going about it. The Dolphins, a franchise that you're coming off a year where Jay Cutler collected a $10 million check, and you're, the thing you're supposed to be happy about is Ryan Tannehill coming back. Like, if there was a guy that we ever forgot about existed in the NFL, Ryan Tannehill's that guy. Like, the guy, like Andrew Luck's been out for quite a while with the shoulder injury and everything like that, but nobody's like, oh, Andrew Luck, who is that? Who, yeah. who, when did he get yeah. drafted? Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, it's like, wait a second, did he play football? Tannehill who? Tell you what, well, he was a receiver in college. That's a whole other <laughs> yeah. story. Look, now Adam Gase is on the hot seat to some degree because they I, went yeah. ten and six, right? But they mm-hmm. beat up on a lot of weak teams a year ago. Now last year yep. they don't even make the playoffs. They don't come close. And I know Tannehill was injured. I get it, but still, right, right? Like not exactly feeling like the difference. And they got hammered at a bunch of games. Yeah. Now this year, he if they go like six and ten this year, 
Gase is probably out the door, mm-hmm. and he was everybody's darling a year ago. So it shows how quickly things can change. Not for long, the NFL. No. Uh, but look, it's it's going to be fascinating. Like I could, here's what I can envision. The Dolphins panic and cut him off the, the tag like the day before, and then the Pats just sign him. And he goes there and has like 1,700 yards oh in New England. God. They let Amendola walk. Like I could basically see that being like a trade yeah, where, Amendola, where Amendola gets signed by the Dolphins and goes and has 400 yards receiving. And, and Landry goes up to New England and goes out of his mind and turns into like, you know, Wes Welker on oh steroids. So I, I just look, Landry's a nice player and he's fine, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's not a game-breaking receiver. He's not Odell Beckham. He's not. He's not AJ Green or Julio Jones or or even you know, Tyreek Hill. He, he he's not Ty Hilton. He's he's good, but he's not. You don't go into a game against the Dolphins going if we don't stop Jarvis Landry, it's over. You go in and go let him have his ten catches for eighty yards. Who yeah. cares, right? Like that. So, I think the Dolphins should let him walk because, frankly, what are they competing for in that division? Like Nothing. you have to clear that cap. That cap is a. Di- <laughs> if you look at the Dolphins' cap situation, it is a disaster area. So, and and Landry at sixty million, not helping. No, not at all. And uh, I'll let you get a final word in here. But we would be remiss if we didn't mention that this episode of Stacking the Box brought to you by Fanatics. You can save fifteen percent on your purchase of fifty dollars or more, and you get free shipping. So. You can, you know, buy all, my Marcus Peters you jersey. You can buy all of your your your, your Kendall Fuller. Yeah, your Kendall Fuller gear. I'm getting Marcus Peters Rams jersey. There you go. As, as, Marcus, as, as, as a Rams fan, you can get yeah. your Marcus Peters Rams <laughs> yeah. jersey. You can get your 2018 Super Bowl champion gear all ready to go if you're a Los yep. Angeles Rams fan. And you'll save 15% off free shipping, $50. The code is FANSIDED. It's the name of the site that you love. FANSIDED. We save you money now. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, listen, our last word here. I always love this week because while the combine mm-hmm. I find it sometimes ridiculous, yeah. I enjoy it because yeah. it's part of the draft process mm-hmm. and it's the start of the season for me in a lot of ways. I know the league year starts in the middle of March, but for me this is where you start gearing up toward next year. You start oh, yeah. seeing the draft class and you know at the combine that's where a lot of rumors start coming out because yeah. those agents are all there oh, yeah. and they of course represent a lot of the big NFL free agents. So I, I love this time of year. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to who gets a Dalvin Cook treatment this year and drops 40 spots because he runs a bad 40 <laughs> and then plays in a game in the NFL. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. And I'm looking forward on the other side of that to guys who nobody's ever heard of, Yobi Malafonu treatment. And oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's great, right? He runs John a really Ross good 40. The world. <laughs> yeah, and now, now he's playing corner. Um, so I love the combine. I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, it feels like football season is coming back a little bit. Yeah, free agency's right around the corner. I'm looking forward. As a Bucks fan, I'm ready for my season to end in a couple of months. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Let's get, so, let's get it underway. Listen, for Josh Hill, I'm Matt Verdon. Thank you so much for watching right here, Stacking the Box on Facebook Live. You can subscribe on iTunes. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Tunes, uh, please uh, leave a comment, leave a rating. I uh, really appreciate your viewership. And enjoy the Combine. Starts on Saturday and runs through the beginning of next week. We'll be here to talk about all that and much more next Monday right here on Stacking the Box. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. 
But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021.